Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. The NFL Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast in is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get $100 in free bets at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Bold Challenge. $250 cash and a $250 gift card up for grabs exclusively on the SGPN app. I'm just about that action, boss. Welcome, everybody, to the NFL Gambling Podcast here for Sunday, December 18th, late Sunday, middle of the afternoon games. But I'm Scott Reichel, and I'm currently replacing Munaf again. I know he had a family wedding over the weekend, and as a result, his voice is completely shot. So here I am, but I'm joined by his usual co-host, Dylan Rockford, and together we're going to go through the Monday night game and do our preview. You ever get that deja vu feeling like we just did this last week? You know what I mean, Dylan? Yeah, it's tough. And two exciting teams we'll get to. Uh, Rams, Packers. So it should be fun. Uh, good to be with you again, Scott. Tough day for uh, for my bets and tough day for our Jets. Well, uh, you mentioned the Jets part. Uh, Wilson was not very good. However, he led the team on the go-ahead drive, and then he got them into field goal range. Were they pretty drives? Absolutely not. But you can make an argument that realistically the defense can't give up a touchdown there when you get a four point lead with about two and a half minutes to go fourth and inches and you lose track of the tight end for a 50 something yard touchdown. But either way, jets are basically eliminated from playoff contention. If we're being realistic is what it is. Uh, Besides that, any other takeaways from the Sunday games or kind of just what you expected? What I expected? No, not really a Falcons Desmond Ritter. I thought pretty well uh eagles continue to struggle with mobile quarterbacks and uh steelers my dog of the day hit can't believe trubisky got me the win on the road so uh overall it was a pretty good day but yeah jets they're done yeah uh the way that i would sum up the early action was a lot of close games but not necessarily a lot of high quality football uh there were some really good games there with the jaguars cowboys game which landed in the 70s The Chiefs really let the Texans hang around. I think that's really my takeaway, if I had to just mention one thing. I've been calling them out for a couple weeks, and I don't think I've really wavered that much. I've been a lot lower on the Chiefs than a lot of other people for the last couple weeks, and I know that we do our power rankings every week. I've put the Chiefs around like five or six for the last couple weeks. I really don't like this team that much. 
are you kind of in agreement with me or you just figure they're going to find a way? Because I understand playoff football is playoff football. And when in doubt, you have Mahomes who's the best player on the field every time he steps onto the field. But we have to at least acknowledge here that the offense isn't as good as it used to be, of course, because Tyreek's not there. And the yeah. defense stinks. Yeah. So do you like this Chiefs team? Because I really don't see them getting out of the AFC title game, best case scenario. I will not pick them to represent the AFC. Uh, I'm not as low. I, I have them around 3-4 in my power ranking. I do worry about them starting slow every game. And sometimes against these good teams, you can't start slow, especially how they've been uh, faring against the Bengals. But if you look at their next three games, they're pretty all winnable games. Seahawks, Broncos, Raiders, I think they could be. But, uh, you know. But they just got the Texans. Like, I, I, I'm not saying they're going to lose games. I'm just saying, I, I just feel like there are so but many. To be fair, I think the Texans have been kind of a pesky team all kind of season, haven't they? they? Have, but that that's fair, especially lately. I mean, they almost beat the Cowboys and they gave yeah. the Chiefs a run for their money. But I have to at least point out that the Chiefs, you can argue that they're playing with their food, but I really think there's a lot of flaws with this team and people are just expecting star power to bail them out every time. And I don't think it's going to work out long-term because this defense is really atrocious. And you're looking at the receivers for this team. They really don't have any true number one or arguably number two receivers. I mean, if you go around the league, would Juju be a number two on a, I'd say a quality wide receiver depth chart? Probably not. No. So I just think the receivers are too weak. Of course, Kelsey's insane. We already yeah. know that. But I have to at least point out the Chiefs, I think, are very flawed. And people are expecting them to just cruise to potentially a Super Bowl. Yeah, if they because have to they travel, have Patty Mahomes. If they travel to Buffalo, I'll pick Buffalo. And if they play Cincinnati, I'm taking Cincinnati. And they Is that a hot take? No, and Buffalo already beat them. So that that's my Go thing. Go to Cincinnati. Yeah. So uh, you're right. I don't think they do have a true number one. I think they intended Juju uh, Smith-Schuster to be more, especially MVS as well. He had a quiet game. He had a nice um, touchdown catch, though, but he's been a he has, he's had really had a quiet season overall. But Yeah, and I, I guess they're just going to take their chance every time because when you have Patrick Mahomes, he could really do anything. And you're right about the defense. Besides Chris Jones, no one on that defense really scares me. Did you see that video? Was he drinking a beer on the sideline? I believe so, or it was some type of, of like, Wine glass, I don't know. Whatever works. Is that I legal? I mean, I think he's over twenty-one, so I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call yeah. him out for it if that's what you mean. But no, no. It, it was definitely unique. I'll tell you what. I'm sure the beer tastes a lot better than the pickle juice people drink on the sidelines. But you you talk about you'd pick the Bills, and I agree. I I think depending on where it is, I think they would be the favorite. But the Bills are flawed too. But I, I was just gonna the, say the home crowd is crazy though. Yeah, but they're secondary. I would I would question. I think they're a little fraudulent as well, the Bills. But that's just I think they have flaws along with Kansas City, but I do think that we're if we're gonna compare secondaries, I think Buffalo's secondary is better than Kansas City's. I think Buffalo's wide receivers are better than Kansas City's. Yeah. And I think that you can make an argument the running backs are either comparable or maybe leaning Buffalo, but I, I actually like McKinnon. McKinnon's grown on me, and I think Pacheco's yeah. pretty good. So that might be a wash. But the point is, I do think that even though both teams are flawed, they have similar flaws. Yeah. I think Buffalo is better slightly in those weaker position groups than Kansas City is. Yeah, and I agree. And I think it's going to come down to these last three games for this num- for that uh, number one seed, both sitting at 11-3, and three, so it should be interesting. 
It should be, but that was kind of my main takeaway. Just yeah. Kansas City continues to win games in very unimpressive fashion, and people think they're going to wake up and figure it out. This might just be who they are. So you don't have them representing the AFC? I do not. If you're, if you're asking me right now who I would pick, I would pick Cincinnati. Hmm. That's kind of my bold call. I think Cincinnati's got a very good price to win the AFC. I think with Burrow and with Chase and with all these guys who we know can really just generate huge plays at any given time, I think Cincinnati's really good. And they were awful in the first half against Tampa today, but now they're up 10 points. It really just shows how quickly the teams at the top of the AFC can flip a switch. And the fact that Cincinnati defensively, you might argue, is better. I think they're better than Kansas City defensively. I don't think it's very close. I think Buffalo is interesting because if Von Miller comes back, that's a whole separate discussion. But I think Cincinnati really has the pieces to represent the AFC. And we'll put it this way. I would not be shocked if Cincinnati went into, let's say, Kansas City and beats Kansas City. They did no, it last not at year. All. That would not no. surprise me. So and they have they have their number this pat. They beat them three times in the calendar year. I agree. I, I like especially the price you're getting with the Bengals. And you, Joe Burrow said it a few weeks ago. This is the team. This is the time this team gets hot. You know they know how to play in late December. So yeah. But if you're asking me who I would pick right now to represent the AFC, I would pick Cincinnati. Okay, and the Cowboys are frauds for you, right? Oh, uh, I, I don't th- see it. It depends on how you define frauds, because I think that this team is good enough to win a playoff game because they're going to be playing Tampa or Carolina or one of these other other, other teams. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about bad secondaries, we got to mention Dallas. That secondary is terrible. And yeah. Diggs is good. The other corners are all injured. The injury report is a disaster for the secondary for the Cowboys. And I don't think Dak is very good. Interceptions and Dak's a continue court. to hurt them. I'm not going to blame him fully for the Noah Brown one because that could have been caught in overtime, but he had the brutal one earlier in the game, gave away a free seven points just by overthrowing a guy over the middle for no reason while he's standing in his own goal line. But I don't think Dak's good enough. I think he's a mediocre quarterback, and I feel like if we're going to go with comparisons, I think a big reason why people don't trust Minnesota every year is Kirk Cousins in the playoffs. I don't trust Dak Prescott in the playoffs, and I think they're in a pretty similar boat. You think the team on paper is good enough to win games, but you know when it's a high-pressure moment, the quarterback's probably going to fold. Yeah, 100%. Fair? Yeah, 100%. And that, I think that's why they don't trust him as much as why they're in the market for an OBJ. They signed T.Y. Hill. And so, no, I, I agree. And look at Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. You know, he started the season kind of slow, but he's kind of turned it around. He had a huge day today. And those uh, acquisitions that they picked up, Zay What Jones, does he have again? 14 touchdowns and one interception in like the last five games or something? Last five crazy. games, yeah. And that interception came today. So, I think it's 14 touchdowns, one pick, I think. Yeah, it's insane. And then they got the ground game running as well with Travis Etienne today. He went for over 100 yards. So watch out for them. They're right below us. Especially if Tennessee loses. I know Tennessee is currently down uh, seven. Jacksonville just beat them pretty handily in the head-to-head meeting in Jacksonville. Or wow. or was that Tennessee? Either way, the, I, was that in Tennessee? Oh. I'm trying. Let me just look it up quickly. I'm trying to remember if they played in Jacksonville or no. Tennessee. It was in Tennessee. They just it was won. in Tennessee. That's what I thought. Yep. Okay, so it was in Tennessee and Jacksonville coasted. But I mean, don't look now. Jacksonville, if Tennessee loses this game, only one game back. Like Jacksonville could Imagine. win this division. Yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me. But anyway, uh, I think that's kind of going to sum up my thoughts for the overall uh, Sunday. For Saturday, you have the whole separate can of worms with the Colts. I don't know if you want to break down the Saturday games, but I feel like 
we're too far removed. I'm sure you've had a lot of opportunities to digest all of those games. You have anything else you want to add in general for the weekend? You want to just move on? Uh, we could move on. Just the Ravens are dead to me. I, I can't back. I, I have that tie to Maryland. I went to school over there, and I always have love for them. But Jesus Christ, that offense is, is non-existent. I remember right Huntley now. being a lot better in years past. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't. a game hasn't got out of hand. They haven't lost by more than three points in every game that he started. So it was nip and tuck game. And, you know, who, who would have fucking thought that Justin Tucker misses two? I was not surprised he struggled because I, I expected the weather to be terrible. Mm-hmm. One was wide because there's, they kept settling for 48-plus yard field goals, and the 50-yarder got blocked. So it depends on how – I mean, yes, he missed two. Blocked field goals are kind of a whole separate can of worms, especially in bad weather. But Tucker didn't have a great game. Really, the backbreaker was an interception in the red zone by Huntley yeah. in the third quarter, I think. But either way – might have, was that second quarter or third quarter? But the point is it was a really just a terrible interception, and the Ravens have no weapons. I believe they do not have a wide receiver receiving touchdown in like each of the last eight or nine games. Oh my it's God. disgusting. I, I mean, I, I forgot the exact number, but when you let a Hollywood Brown walk and Bateman gets hurt and you have no other receivers, you're not going to succeed in 2022 NFL football because you need to pass the ball. Yeah, if you come one-dimensional, every team's going to know exactly what you're going to do. You're just going to run the ball. And I don't think Roman's a good offensive coordinator. That's a separate no. story. But no, uh, kind of that's kind of going to wrap it up. Uh, the Colts, I don't think we have to say anything. Shout-out to Matt Ryan for being yeah. the quarterback for two of the three biggest collapses in NFL history. But either way, uh, time to actually get into the Monday night game. A riveting Monday night game between an eliminated team from the playoffs and a team that's about to be eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, with the Rams taking on the Packers. But before I actually get into that breakdown, do want to take a quick word from our sponsor. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in a same-game parlay? WinBet is your home with their WinBet build-your-own-bet letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblepodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblepodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. To claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast. Just finished recapping what happened on Sunday and a little bit of Saturday action with Dylan. Now it's time to actually get into the Monday night game. As you can tell, we've been trying to delay it as long as possible. Now we have to actually talk about it. Rams traveling to Lambeau Field in December. Bold call, probably going to be cold outside. But looking at the actual line, Green Bay favored by roughly seven, and the total is around 39.5. Green Bay on the money line is around minus 300, minus 315, where the Rams on the other side are around minus 260, or uh, plus 260. First of all, going to start with you. Rams had the phenomenal comeback there against Josh McDaniels and the, and the Raiders on Thursday night. However, Green Bay did have a bye, so they did have extra preparation. Do you think the Rams are going to 
really build off of what happened last week? Or do you just chalk that up to McDaniels is awful and they're traveling from a dome to the cold weather in the Midwest? Do you think the Rams have a decent shot to well, – let's start off with winning the game. We'll get to the spread in a second. Uh, winning the game, no, I don't expect them to be close. And I would just chop it up as McDaniels blowing another lead. They, they're blowing one right now. They just let the Patriots come back. So another blown lead by McDaniels. And uh, no, I, I just chalk it up. I don't expect Baker Mayfield to have another big game. I expect uh, – you know, and the reason I think he lit it up, especially statistically, is because they were down. They had to pass it. But before that, they were running the ball a lot during that game. So I expect another controlled type of game. So I agree with the line, and I wouldn't play it at seven, to be honest. If you could get maybe live bet and get a six and a half in game with the Packers, anything under a touchdown, I, I like the Packers. Yeah, I, I feel like seven is pretty sharp for where it should be. Yeah. But I guess one thing I do have to wonder here, which I kind of mentioned briefly, but I'm curious how much it matters to you. One team's played on Thursday. Other team had a week off. How much of extra value do you think there is on teams with more preparation at this stage in the year when both teams are realistically not playing for much? A lot, especially when you're going up against a guy like Aaron Rodgers, like at night as a six point favorite or higher, 22 and three straight up. He's 17 and seven ATS. He's won 12 straight and uh, straight up, 15 and one straight up since 2012. And on extended rest, like you were saying, eight days or more, he's 30, 20 and two ATS. So he's hard to be at home and he's hard to be off of by eight and two straight up, six, three and one ATS his last 10. So I mean, coming off rest, having a guy like Aaron Rodgers to prepare for, I think he might be able to court, uh, torch that secondary. I think it's really tricky, though, when you mention some trends from the past because you're looking at the likes of Rodgers and Brady this year, yeah. and they were always just on amazing teams, and they ended up winning a bunch of games, and this year their teams are terrible, and you've seen a lot of struggles with their current spreads and their trends. So I'm not I, I would say I don't want to be a victim to the trend of just blindly following it. I do like the Packers in this game, mostly because you have a West Coast team traveling to play outdoors in like 10 degree weather, which usually does not fare well. Yeah. And Mayfield, we know, can be very turnover prone at times. He also, once again, is not that familiar with the playbook. It's not as bad as it was last week where he had two days. Now he has a, roughly a week and a half or two full weeks. That's still not a lot of time to learn the playbook and the Rams are still missing a bunch of guys. So I do think even though it was a very impressive win, one of the most impressive comebacks I've seen, just because of the fact of all the variables with Mayfield not really being too familiar with the offense, and he led them on two huge touchdown drives, including the 98-yarder to win the game. But I do think Green Bay can run it down their throats. We yeah. saw the Raiders have success with that in the first half last week. We know that Lazard and Watson are very capable wide receivers. And the Rams secondary is not great. I know Ramsey was good against Devontae Adams. I think a lot of it had to do with bad play calling and overall game planning from McDaniels, which didn't exactly help matters for the Raiders. But I'm with you. I'm on Green Bay. If you could find six and a half, I'd grab it. Seven, I don't feel too great about because I do think mm -hmm. this game could land seven. But I expect a really ugly game. And if you're expecting a team with a relatively new quarterback in Baker Mayfield to suddenly start slinging it in cold weather where they're really not accustomed to playing, especially in the AFC West. How many outdoor games do you have? You play Seattle, which is kind of rainy. It's you know, a little bit cold in December, but nothing crazy. And San Francisco, which is California, which isn't that bad. 
Now you're traveling to play probably your coldest weather game of the year. I really think you're in line to see the Rams offense look awful, especially since they're not good at running the ball. No. And, you know, you mentioned it. Baker, you know, making his comeback was fun. It was a cool story to see. But the Rams were lifeless for most of the game before he coming in, have they making that comeback. So I think the the biggest problem for this Packers defense, he's going to try to stop the run. But uh, thankfully, the Rams can't run the ball. Uh, the Packers, they're good against the pass. And Aaron Rodgers, I think he should have all day picking apart that secondary. Uh, and I get it. it. It might not be the same Packers team, but... They aren't playing the same old Rams team either. This team is riddled with injuries as well. And the Packers are technically still alive. They have a lot to play for. And, uh, you know, they usually start slow. So, like I said, if you want to wait in-game and get it under six and a half or six, I I like that play as well. Yeah, but I think uh, it's time to transition over to the total. I'm a little bit torn here because both defenses have really not been great this season. The Rams' defense is a shell of its former self because Donald's injured and they're missing half their team. But with the weather and with the question marks at quarterback for the Rams' offense, because once again, Baker is still not a, a great... He's not a great quarterback. It's why he's been tossed around the league a couple times. Yeah. Do you think the Packers will do enough of the heavy lifting to send this game over? Are you just expecting Green Bay to get up early, coast, and probably win this game like... 24 to 13 because I kind of lean to the latter. Yeah, I kind of lean to uh, it being under. I think they're going to coast the Packers, and I think and towards the second half, they're going to take their foot off the gas a little bit. I don't trust the Rams' offense either, but you know, this total is sitting at 39 and a half. It got as high as 41. Uh, got to make sure you check the weather, like you said. Uh, winds around 15 miles an hour. It's going to be 18 degrees out, so like you mentioned, very cold and This Packers offense, the first nine weeks, they started real slow, but the last four weeks they have picked it up with the extra week. Maybe they could help build on that. But, you know, I would still fade Baker regardless of his performance last week. He's still in a brand new system he has to learn, and I don't expect him to push the ball down the field. I expect a more controlled game running the ball uh, for both teams, actually. The Packers like to run the ball with uh, the two-headed monster and Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon. So a lot of time will be taken off the clock. Primetime unders have been cashing this season, so... Nothing official, but I would lean under. Yeah, I'm with you. But anything else you want to add for the side or total, or should we just transition over to the props? Yeah, we could trans right in and over. All right, uh, so I'll let you do the honors. I'll let you go first. What is your first player prop for the game? Yeah, so first player, I'm going to go 2-2 at well over 28.5 receiving yards. I see it as high as 30.5. I like that as well. I think he has a good matchup here. You know, with all the injuries for the Rams, his role has expanded, and he's been more involved in the offense in the last two games. He's had 14 targets, 48 reception uh, in those three of the last four games. Packers defense, they have a decent defense, but they give up the fourth most explosive plays in the league. And a guy like uh, Atwell, who played 61% of the snaps last week, he led the Rams in targets with nine. I think he'll have plenty of opportunities to keep the production up. Uh, So I'm going to go over 28 and a half receiving yards. I like it up to 30 and a half. Yeah, well, you mentioned it, but I also was looking at Atwell. I had him last week, and I believe the number was 22 and a half. Ended up jumping up pretty high. Atwell made some big plays for that team, and I'm not saying that he's a great receiver by any means, but I do think you're on to something when you mention the actual number because it does seem very, very short, and I'm kind of wondering, first of all, I'm assuming he's got to get a boost in snaps, right, because they don't exactly have many options left. And he's been one of your most reliable receivers. 
So 100%. Yeah, him and the Benwell uh, guy, I think, are their number one and twos right now. I, I tells you how bad the receiving core is, but yes, that is definitely <laughs> true. But I'm with you. Yeah. Atwell was definitely on my short list. Uh, I am also going to look at, I'm going to go back to all reliable, to be honest here. I'm going to go to a touchdown score, and I'm going to go with Christian Watson. It's around plus 140. I mean, he's a touchdown machine. I don't really know what else to add. You can go through his numbers for the last couple of weeks, and he's basically been guaranteed to reach the end zone every game for the last month and a half. Uh, you're looking at what the Rams might do defensively. Jalen Ramsey will probably match it up on Lazard, if I had to guess. But Watson even took an end around for a touchdown against the Bears. I mean, to go through the last couple of weeks, starting off with the Cowboys, three touchdowns. Tennessee, two touchdowns. Philly, one touchdown. Chicago, two touchdowns. He can't be stopped. It's plus 140 for a guy that's had a touchdown in four straight games, a guy that's had multiple touchdowns in three of the last four games. What are your thoughts? Plus 140? I, I can't really say no to that. I mean, I know you can't say no to that. I'm just, I have him on my fantasy. I love, I love the kid. And I think the Buffalo game, once, you know, they came right back to him. He had a good game. And then after that, Dallas, four catches for, uh, no, eight targets, six targets, six, seven, you know, and then he's had, he had three touchdowns against Dallas, two, one, one. He's just been delivering. I'm just, a, I'm just uh, upset that it took him this long to find out this kid was nice. So I love it, especially at a short price. The books are telling you it's, it's probable he's going to, especially against that secondary. There's a point. It's a short price, but I don't think it's short enough because you're looking at AJ no. Dillon and Aaron Jones, and they're both roughly minus 110. Mm -hmm. And yet Watson's just being a walking touchdown guy for the last month. And it's plus 140. I get the argument is, you know, those other two guys play running backs. This guy plays wide receiver. But still, I can't argue with the math or the numbers. And the numbers yeah. suggest he's going to score. Yeah, I think it, I should. I think it should have been closer to even money. That's what I thought. Yeah, but I'll take the 140. Yeah, I have another one if I could rattle it off real quick. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know how to pronounce it. Ben uh, Skoranek. Skoranek, thank you. Over two and a half receptions. You know, I mentioned Tutu Atwell. He got 61% of the snaps last week. He's uh, Ben Skoranek. He's the guy who played 100% of the snaps last week. And he's been on the field for all but two snaps over the last two games. So he had a season high in catches, seven, uh, seven catches, 489 yards last week against the Raiders. Rams have a good secondary, but they're banged up, and they rank bottom 10 incompletions allowed. I think Ben and Atwell, like I said, are their number one and two receivers, and he gets 100% of the snap shares. So his prop is only at two and a half. It's a little juicy at minus 135, but a guy that gets a lot of volume and is always on the field, I got to go over there. Yeah, well, I'm going to go to another receiver for the Rams, and I'm going to go with Van Jefferson, and I'm going to take him over 31.5 receiving yards at around minus 120. He hasn't really been involved that much in terms of volume, but he has gone over this number quite frequently. He's had at least 29 yards in each of the last four games. He's had at least 39 yards in three of the last four games, and he's had at least 39 yards in each of the last two. He also had the game-winning touchdown, uh, which we saw, which was a very nice route there where he ended up making a contested catch. But I think Mayfield trusts him, especially after he caught the game winner last week. And I understand that Jerry Alexander is a good corner. Has he had a great year? Not really. But you've seen Van Jefferson kind of be moved all over the formation. He can play in the slot. He can play on the outside. And I do think at the end of the day, if the Rams are going to be trailing, they might need to play catch up. And I do think that could result in a lot of extra pass attempts. I think 31 and a half is just too low for a guy that's headed at least 39 in three of the last four games. You? 
Yeah, no, I like that. It, and I think we're getting a discount of just because of how low and just the volume he wasn't receiving in the first half of the season. Granted, the quarterback situation wasn't the best, but he started the season very slow with the Rams. And I thought they were, or they thought they, this guy was going to come in being maybe a number two to Cooper. Well, he Cup, was also but, injured. I believe he missed the first couple of weeks and then he came yeah. back. He came, he played actually the opening night against the Bills, but then he got hurt. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, he's been on and off this whole season. So I do like it. I think we're getting a discounted price on it. So I do like it. Yeah. But you have any other props you want to mention? No, that's going to be it. That's all the plays I got. I was thinking about field goal props, but I you hit it I last week. I, I tailed you on the one and a half and it went over. So thank you for that. Folk goes over like every time. So that, that's, that was kind of a New England specialty there. I know Folk went over again today. He, attempts at least three kicks basically every game he plays but this one i was a bit i was a bit torn on because with the cold weather outside we know green bay can be aggressive at times with lafleur we know mcveigh is aggressive too i also don't know if baker's gonna move the ball that well i thought about acres rushing yards at 56 and a half because green bay is terrible against the run but acres really will never stop fumbling the ball and i wonder at what point mcveigh is just gonna have enough and just start giving kyron williams more touches but Akers, I had to look at, he really didn't do much. I know he had the touchdown against the Raiders in the fourth quarter, but I don't know. I feel like the Rams still don't trust him, and I understand it because he has no ball security. What What do you think about the – you mentioned uh, Chris Watson probably going to get a touchdown. What about Aaron Rodgers over one and a half touchdowns? That was, a, that was another one I was eyeing. You know, he had uh, – Tennessee had two. Philadelphia, good defense, he had two. Chicago, he only had one. Coming off a bye, you think he could take advantage of the secondary? I think he could. I mean, it's only minus 110 on the over, yeah. and the Rams secondary has not been good. I guess the only concern is what happens if he gets a touchdown vultured or maybe two by the running backs. How many touchdowns do you think you have to play with with Green Bay actually scoring? That's the whole thing, especially so, if they get up. I expect them to run the ball. That's kind of the only concern I have there. But, mm -hmm. uh, yep, I don't really have any other props to add. So you want to move on to the yeah. lock and dog segment or our best bet segment, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Yeah, we can move right along. Cool. So before we actually get into our favorite bets, I'm going to quickly uh, do another uh, word from our sponsors. We're, we're back with Underdog Fantasy. And if you have not signed up already, first of all, why not? Second of all, it's not too late because you can still get a 100% deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code SGPN. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN, for a 100% deposit match. Underdog is great for their weekly Battle Royale format as well as getting an early start with their playoff best ball. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store in honor of reaching our 100th episode of the NFL Gambling Podcast. We're giving one lucky winner a $100 gift card to the merch store. All you have to do is leave a five-star review and a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Deadline to submit is December 20th. Winner will be announced next week. Welcome back, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast. Just finished recapping our thoughts on the upcoming Monday night game and how thrilling uh, it should be. Just kidding. <laughs> but time to get into our actual best bets. Dylan, I'll let you go first. To what are your favorite plays for this game? Yeah, so my favorite plays, I was going to go the Packers, but at that key number of seven, I'm going to lay off. Hopefully, I'll get a better number in uh, game. But I'm going to go 2-2 two -two Atwell over 28.5 receiving yards. I like it up to 30, 31.5. I just think he has a good matchup uh, this week with all the injuries with the Rams. You know, I, 
he's a guy that's getting volume. He's on the field for 61% of the snaps. He's getting those targets, 14 targets the last two games. So I, I think this is a guy that has tremendous speed as well. So I think he'll have plenty of opportunities to keep the production up. So I'll go over to two Atwell's receiving yards. That's my best bet of the show. I'm going to ask you, though, since you do like the over and I do as well, uh, what number of you could set it? Would you actually set this prop at? Probably around uh, 36, 37. And any reason why you feel that way? Or that was just the first number on your head? That was honestly the first number I've had just because he's averaging around 34, 35 yards the last three games. So I, I thought it would be a closer in the mid-30s or uh, late-30s. Yeah. So for me, uh, my best bet, I thought about maybe Rams team total under, but I really don't like this Green Bay defense that much. But, I mean, the Rams team totals 15 and a half. I kind of wish it was past 17, which, of course, is not going to be. But I think I'm going to go with Watson touchdown at plus 140 as my best bet. I just love the value too much. Once again, it's a guy with multiple touchdowns in three of the last four games. He scored a touchdown in four straight games. Plus 140 against a secondary that's really not great. Ramsey might get matched up on Lazard. We saw Watson even got a reverse for a touchdown on a running play. Green Bay wants the ball in his hand because he's easily the most dynamic playmaker that they have. So I'll take the plus 140 because I just think at the end of the day that they're going to end up matching him up on a bunch of different corners because they move him around the formation. And he's the main red zone target for Rodgers. So I'll take Watson touchdown at plus 140 as my best bet. Love it. Cool. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the NFL Gambling Podcast. Before we officially go, uh, Dylan, let the people know they can find you. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at RockWith2Ks24. And you guys can't see, but wearing a Christmas sweater from the SGPN store. So if you guys, like me, uh, wait to the last minute to get a Christmas present, you should check out the store as well. Yep. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. I'll be back later on in the week in the NFL show with Terrell for the Tuesday episode for the totals. Then I'll be back again later in the show or later in the week for DFS stuff and then later on for the afternoon games next Sunday. But uh, other than that, you can find me on the, on the NBA Gambling Podcast a couple times a week. However, until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.